Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. One of the city's oldest powerhouse companies is being sold in a multi-billion dollar deal. One municipality is getting new trash cans, and not everyone is thrilled about it. And we find out what Pittsburgh opinion people most want to fight about. It's Tuesday, December 19th. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh is talking about. I'm with CityCast Sophia Lowe in a different space. Where are you right now? Yeah. Hey, Megan. Uh, Coming at you live from my childhood bedroom. So glad this is audio, not video. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've got a bunch of wonderful topics to cover today. Some newsy, some kind of funny. But before we get into that, we want to talk about our membership drive. Yeah, you've probably heard a little bit about this already, but if you haven't, you can still become a founding member of CityCast Pittsburgh. Every day we show up for free in your podcast feeds and your inboxes with the Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We love doing this, but it also takes a lot of work. And it's going to stay free, but we need your support to keep doing it. There are perks if you decide to become a founding member, like ad-free listening or members-only updates. I really like ad-free listening. I don't want my podcast interrupted. (laughs) Well, you can get that and more if you join today. You can find more at membership.citycast.fm. Let's get to the news. What are Pittsburghers talking about this week, Sophia? So we always love to talk about our city's industrial past. Pittsburgh has been the home of U.S. Steel. But in terms of breaking news, U.S. Steel announced that they're going to be bought out by a Japanese company. It's called Nippon Steel. And we knew that was coming. U.S. Steel has been pretty clear that they've been looking for a buyer for a while now. Well, now it looks like it's happening. The details are still floating in as we're recording this Monday morning. But according to the AP, the deal is valued at $14.9 billion. That is so much money. Uh I think that's more than double what U.S. Steel got offered earlier this summer. It was August um, and a company called Cleveland Cliffs Incorporated offered them $7.3 billion. Uh, I think my math's right, which they turned down. And around the same time, there was another company, Smark, I think, that made an offer for $7.8 billion. Um, But that company pulled it because union workers preferred Cleveland Cliffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well... A few months later, this one with Nippon went through, uh, and I wanted to make sure I was pronouncing their name right, so I was looking for a YouTube video from them, and Megan, you have to look at this ad, or I guess intro to their company on their YouTube channel. I'm sending it to you right now. It is not what you'd expect for like a company intro video, or at least not what I expected as a here's what we do. What you are looking at right now is a blast furnace for making steel. In uncountable ways and forms, steel is indispensable to society. Be the best steel maker. (laughs) This thing is so dramatic. The drums. (laughs) The shots, like all of the panning views. They are used to, you can tell that they're not making this for people who actually know how steel is made. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you'd love it. 
But on a more serious note about how this announcement will affect uh, people in this region, the United Steelworkers Union put out a statement about the acquisition and they are not happy. No. They said, quote, Neither U.S. Steel nor Nippon reached out to our union regarding the deal, which is in itself a violation of our partnership agreement that requires U.S. Steel to notify us of a change in control or business conditions. Yeah, U.S. Senator John Fetterman actually just put out a video about that. When he's in town, he actually lives across the street from a U.S. Steel facility, the Edgar Thompson Works in Braddock. In the video he posted, he's on his roof with these smokestacks in the background. He says, quote, it's absolutely outrageous, end quote, that U.S. steel would sell itself to a foreign nation. Here's him talking. Steel is always about security as well, too. And I am committed to doing anything I can do from using my platform or my position in order to block this. And I'm going to fight for the steel workers and their union way of life here as well, too. And we cannot ever allow them to be screwed over or left behind. So Nippon Steel says they'll honor bargaining agreements and wants to maintain those working relationships. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if the companies and union have actually met yet. uh, But the union statement I referenced earlier also said that the decision not to reach out beforehand makes it seem like Nippon Steel doesn't really have a grasp on the current union contract Mm -hmm. and those benefits. So I think there's some doubt from the workers perspective about whether this is actually going to be beneficial in the long run. Yeah. What about the U.S. Steel Tower? I mean, it's literally the biggest and tallest corporate landmark in the whole city. Yeah. So even with this buyout, U.S. Steel will still have a headquarters in Pittsburgh. So I guess you can keep all your Steel City merch. (laughs) And they can never take that away from us. That being said, the Trib said that they don't know what's going to happen to the steel factories in the Mon Valley. But I'm sure which includes the Edgar Thompson works that Fetterman lives right next to. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And I'm sure we'll learn more about how uh, this whole thing will impact Western PA in the upcoming weeks. And we will keep an eye on all of this as more things develop. So what about you, Megan? What news have you been looking at? Something new for Penn Hills residents. They got free shiny new trash cans and recycling bins last week from the township. Um, I don't know if you've been following this. I feel like it's like more of a thing in the outlying communities, but a bunch of little municipalities around here have been updating their trash trucks and their Mm. bins to try and speed up pickup. Um, So this is for places that have the trucks with those big, huge arms that come off the side. They remind me of those impossible to win claw machine games from like arcades when we were kids. First, not impossible to win. I'm pretty good at them. (laughs) I'm not. I'm terrible at it. (laughs) But yeah, I know a little bit about this story. What really surprised me is that people seem angry about this, but they're free trash cans. So what's the deal? Yeah. uh, Someone claiming to be from the township posted on Reddit about how people were calling in and complaining about all these new cans. It was kind of funny. Yeah, I saw uh, people were complaining about colors and sizes of the trash cans and recycling bins. It didn't match uh, what they already had. Um, Personally, if I got a free trash can, I'd be okay with any color because I'm less picky about (laughs) things that don't go inside my home, which is much more carefully curated. (laughs) Right. Um, I kind of see both sides of it. Like it it is good for the township if they can do anything more efficiently. I get that. But also this happened in my old neighborhood right before I moved. And Mm -hmm. 
with the new trash cans, like we got new trash cans, not recycling bins, but they were enormous compared to the old ones. Mm. And they took up a lot of like our very, very tiny garage. Um, And especially for fancy people, I noticed this outside where I live, but kind of in my normal walk radius. um, A lot of people had those like covered areas where your trash can doesn't have to be in your space, but it it, it doesn't have to be super visible. There's no way in heck that fit. Like it definitely didn't fit. So you've made all these arrangements and some of them were like permanent shelters and the trash can absolutely would not go in there. So I can see why, you know, some people might be a little annoyed. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I wasn't really thinking about the space that would take up. And I'm peeking at the Penn Hills government website and recycling carts are 65 gallons. That does sound enormous. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to like, I think, kind of conceptualize that in your brain. But like by comparison, Pittsburgh has a maximum size allotment of 35 gallons for all the cans. Um, So that's recycling and trash. They also have a bunch of other like rules and suggestions about how to safely dispose of all your junk, even big stuff like furniture, bicycles, grills. Um, Although, obviously, if you can find a new home for stuff that just doesn't serve you anymore without adding to the landfill, that would be ideal. We'll link their suggestions in the show notes. Oh, and speaking of the city, they just finished up their blue bin program, too. It took a while, but the Pittsburgh Department of Public Works dropped over 100,000 blue recycling bins. Yeah. And actually, while we're on trash, this kind of reminds me of the hoopla about the Ravenstall trash cans. Sophia, this is a long time before you got here. But do you know what I'm talking about? No, absolutely no idea. (laughs) Well, in 2009, uh, the mayor at the time, Luke Ravenstall, bought 252 steel trash cans for $1,000 a piece with the city's money. Whoa. And he put his own name on them. Uh, They read, quote, Mayor Luke Ravenstall's 311 response line, meaning like acknowledging the 311 line, which is a good thing. But kind of taking credit for it, which some people said was sort of campaigning on city property. Uh Um, So the next mayor, Bill Peduto, who had been on city council at the time Ravenstall did this, he used his very first executive order to ban any future politicians from putting their names on stuff. (laughs) And he required the removal of any names that were already there, like Ravenstall's trash cans. So like honorariums and memorials were fine, like the Bob O'Connor golf course, for example. Um, But no toilets, no park entrances, no trash cans, nothing like that. It was so funny. It also sounds like a steel trash can would be heavy. It is. There was allegedly still one on the south side as of like a few months ago, but I haven't seen it lately to confirm. (laughs) Well, I guess now I'll have something to look out for, but it sounds like they are very hard to find. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they got rid of most of them (laughs) swiftly. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't know anything about your trash days or what the rules are, you can check the city's website at pgh.st. So like the abbreviation for street. And I bet the schedules will be different right now anyway with the holidays, so probably a good time to check on yours. Yeah, I imagine some people might have a trash pickup a day or two late. Yeah, like a delayed day or something. Mm -hmm. But that website is going through some updates right now, so be patient. Um, Baby check again if it's not working. Hey, CityCast listeners, Christmas is almost here, and we're celebrating with a little open house on Friday. 
Yes, this Friday, December 22nd, the team is hosting a little get-together from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at our offices on the 10th floor of the Benenham Trees Building downtown. There will be cookies and a smattering of tinsel, plus our Pittsburgh radio bestie, Kevin Gavin, formerly of WESA's The Confluence, will be broadcasting live from our studio on WZUM. It's all part of Kevin's 47th annual All Request Christmas Music Show. And if you're hanging with us, you might just get to make your request live on the air. Again, that's Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can drop by anytime or just listen to us on the radio. Tune in to WZUM at 101.1 FM in Pittsburgh and streaming at WZUM.org. We hope we see you there. The show today is brought to you by an incredible local resource, AIDS Free Pittsburgh, and their pledge to end the HIV AIDS epidemic in Allegheny County by 2030. If that is a cause that is close to your heart, make sure you're around for their biggest event of the summer, the sixth annual Too Hot for July. It is a party, but it is also a chance to get confidential HIV and STI testing for free, plus info on the incredible preventative medicines we have now to keep yins happy, healthy, and feeling your most confident out on the town. So come on out to Allegheny Commons East Park on Thursday, May 30th. Yes, July is in the name, but the event is in May. Don't get confused. May 30th from 4 to 10 p.m. There will be DJ sets, a health fair and marketplace, a ballroom-inspired dance battle, cash bar, food trucks, and more. Plus, a performance by Tony Award winner Alex Newell, a.k.a. Unique, from Glee. This is all thanks to True Tea Pittsburgh and so many folks doing the good work out here in the community. So do not miss out. Learn more at TooHotForJuly.com. Okay, let's talk about something fun and frivolous. I know you have something up your sleeve. Yes, I'm very excited about this. This is something I saw on Pittsburgh Reddit a couple of weeks back, and it's been making me laugh ever since. Um, someone asked, what is the Yinzer Hill you are willing to die on? Do you have one, like a, a Pittsburgh Hill of some kind? No, when I saw that question, nothing came to mind, but I started scrolling through the comments, and even though maybe I don't have a hill I would die on, I disagree with other people's hills that they would die on. <laughs> Such as? Uh, yeah, someone said that they'd only use Heinz ketchup, which I respect. I have Heinz in my fridge, and it's good, but my favorite ketchup brand is not Heinz. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> It's Sir Kensington's. Um, I had this at a burger shop in Chicago and had their little packets. It was delightful. Then I found out that um, the Whole Foods condiment bar by my university had those ketchup packets. So every time I'd go to Whole Foods, I'd grab a bunch of packets, stick in my backpack, <laughs> and then I'd like pull them out at the dining hall. I was shaking my head in utter disappointment at you for that entire story until you got to the theft. And now I'm completely on board. Not theft. <laughs> What's at the condiment bar is free for the taking. <laughs> That's true. Personally, I am a Heinz only household and I judge people very harshly for anything else. But I, res I respect your origin story. So, yeah, I do have Heinz in my fridge. I don't keep Sir Kensington's first. I don't know where to buy it. Second, when I've looked online, it is expensive, which is why they had it at the Whole Foods, I guess. To be clear, my university didn't have it there. I just simply brought it there. I think they also had mm. Heinz. So don't worry, Heinz is like far and wide, I feel like the choice outside of Pittsburgh too. But 
feel free to call in and shame me if you really want. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you can always get in touch with us. We're 412-212-8893. We will never pick up the phone, but you can text us and leave us a voicemail always. One that I really liked from this Reddit thread was uh, the car needs washed is just as valid as the car needs to be washed. Um, when I moved here, I was a real pain in the ass grammarian and I've completely given up that life. Um, I'm sure writing for audio had something to do with it, but whatever. If you if people know what you mean and it is accurate, I think that's enough. There's no need to be fussy about it. Being verbs are optional now. Language was meant to evolve. I am in support of this. Yeah, exactly. Totally fair. And someone else said that they like measuring travel time in minutes, not distance. I think that makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. Fully endorsed in Pittsburgh. Like you can be a half mile away from something here, but with the bridges and the tunnels and the hills and the traffic and the construction, it could take you 20 minutes. Exactly. And also, don't call us Pitt. I know that seems like a natural way to shorten Pittsburgh, uh, as in P-I-T-T, but that is the school, not the city. People felt very strongly about that. (laughs) Uh, We are PGH, Pittsburgh, the Berg, Steel City. There's a lot of things to call us, but the school is a separate thing. (laughs) Yeah. And the top comment right now, as of our recording, is, quote, being a fan of the pirates is kind of like dying on a Yinzer Hill, end quote. That's not really an answer to the question, but I still think it's funny. (laughs) Speaking of the buckos, we asked uh, executive producer Mary Lee Williams about this, and she had two. Um, I love an overachiever. First, (laughs) that PNC Park is the best baseball stadium in the country. Fully agree. It's really nice. I have not been to many baseball stadiums, but out of the couple I have been to, PNC Park is my favorite. It wins a lot of awards and it was like kind of at the end of that architecture wave that like still honored like old school stadiums Mm -hmm. like in Chicago or Boston, but had all the modern amenities. So I think she's right. (laughs) And her second one was that Church Brew Works is overrated, which I am sad to say I co-signed, but I do still take like every newcomer there anyway, because it's just really funny to see beer being brewed up on the pulpit and booze in a confessional. It's a beautiful thing. I feel like that's something you can definitely do once and then never again, just for the experience. (laughs) And one more non-answer from Reddit. Um, I love this because people uh, took this into a literal hill you would die on. And one person (laughs) said, quote, I'm not willing to die on it, but I'm most likely to die on Bigelow Boulevard. (laughs) People are the worst. Now they're just using a Reddit thread to complain. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you can commiserate with people. And one more take from me. This was something I saw on Reddit that I agree with. A few people said Turner's iced tea is bad and too sweet. I agree that it's too sweet. I still buy Turner's, but my hack to making it less sweet and more yummy is mixing it with a sparkling water. My personal favorite is the Turner's peach iced tea with peach Waterloo fizzy water. Okay, that is a very specific mocktail. Uh, I don't hate it, but I, I, I think it's like a nostalgic thing. Like it's not tea to me. I don't treat it as tea <laughs> or even what I know to be sweet tea from the South. Like it's its own separate drink that is like, okay, sometimes. But yeah, I just don't qualify it as tea. I think that makes the difference. Um, I know you also asked, hey, Pittsburgh newsletter, Francesca DeBecco, because she's right now the only one on our day-to-day team that was born here. If she had any hot takes, uh, what'd you get? Yeah, she told us that if there isn't a cookie table at your wedding, she isn't coming. Okay. But she did follow up by saying she would make cookies for your wedding. 
That is a damn lie. Francesca loves love. She will absolutely <laughs> show up for it. With cookies, it sounds like. <laughs> so invite her. <laughs> and we'd also love it, too, if you join in the conversation with us. You can leave us a voicemail or text about what Yinzer Hill you die on. Like Megan said, we won't pick up, but we're happy to listen. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to leave your name and neighborhood, and you might just hear your response on the show. One more time. That number is 412-212-8893. That's 412-212-8893. And, you know, any opinions, feel free to call and defend Heinz or share another ketchup brand you love. I love ketchup. I'll try another one, too. Don't you dare. And we want to end with a suggestion this week for how folks can get involved with some volunteerism. Um, If you're not familiar, our Hey Pittsburgh newsletter every Thursday has a help your neighbor section where we share different ways that you can be a good neighbor in the city of Pittsburgh. So when we do roundups like this, we're going to share one or two when, you know, we think you should know about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one example that we have for you this week is uh, from Pittsburgh Action Against Rape or PAR. They have a service industry program that teaches workers how to do bystander intervention. So diffusing a situation if someone is being a jerk, creating safe spaces for guests and patrons, and basically just reminding folks how the community can intervene in preventing sexual violence. I saw this listing because I edit the newsletter, um, but they did a training recently with Grist House, the brewery in Millvale. Um, PAR actually celebrated its 50th anniversary in the city last year. Oh, wow. Um, And if you're interested, they can do this training for other businesses in the service industry, too. So bars, restaurants, clubs, you just have to email plc at par, that's P-A-A-R dot net. Yeah. And the org also has a 24-hour confidential crisis hotline for survivors, and they're also looking for volunteers for that. This is something you can do remotely, and the website says the hours are flexible, so we'll also link that volunteer page in our show notes as well. And last one for today. Um, I don't know if you've been following, but Pennsylvania recently expanded its eligibility for some state food programs um, and emergency food assistance. Um, Francesca has put together a wonderful resource of ways that not only can you figure out if maybe you qualify for food assistance, um, but also if you have extra food this holiday season, um, places where you can donate to local food banks or pantries. So we will link that in our show notes. But if you want to go Google around, it's how to help your hungry Pittsburgh neighbors on the CityCast Pittsburgh website. That's pittsburgh.citycast.fm. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you're liking what you hear, please write us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help people find us. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk to you soon. Nobody freezes faster than an audio producer when you ask them to talk. You know the score. You (laughs) still go deer in the headlights. It's fine.